0: Hello and welcome to the Holy Name Sisters Women on a Mission podcast. My name is Sister Mimi Maloney and I live in Santa Cruz, California. And my co-host is...
1: I'm Sister Teresa Shields and I live in beautiful Seattle, Washington.
0: Our guests today are Sister Karen Conlon and Sister Claire DeRoche. Welcome to both of you and to our many listeners. Claire and Karen will be speaking with us about their love of music and how they have cast the fire of God's love through their music ministry and the promotion of the hearts throughout their religious lives. But before we begin, I'd like to offer a prayer. And this prayer was created at the beatification of Mother Marie Rose, our foundress. Let us pray. Blessed Marie Rose de Roche, obtain for us today the audacity of faith, the simplicity of hope, the power of love, that we may actualize the words of Jesus, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. Amen. Amen. So welcome again. We're delighted. You are both here with us and we will begin with you, Karen. Can you tell us about you and your love for music and how that led you to the Holy Name Music Center in Spokane, Washington, where you have taught for many years?
2: Love of music was innate in our family. Mom played the piano and all of us kids took piano lessons. I went to Sacred Heart grade school in Spokane And I think in all our schools, whether it's elementary or high school or college, there's always been very strong music departments. So um, I took piano lessons there and the school had an orchestra. Um, uh, So I played violin for a couple of years until I got tired of holding it up. And then um, the teacher, the sister who conducted the orchestra asked if I would consider switching to cello. Well, I was thrilled. Um, And so that was it for me. I was hooked um, in about the sixth grade. So I continued with um, music um, lessons through high school, um, even though there weren't really competent teachers. And um, even then, when I came back to Spokane and went to Fort Wright, there still were not competent teachers in the area. Um, but so we had to drive down to Pullman, Washington, to uh, the university um to have lessons. i I didn't have any training or preparation for how to teach, but um, that's what we were expected to do if we were in music. And so I uh, with very little preparation, I did muddle through those years. And it wasn't until um, I became acquainted with the Suzuki method philosophy that I began to understand how to teach and to acquire the skills. Um, And then I was able to get an advanced degree with a superb teacher. So I think then finally, I became not only more confident, but certainly uh, more competent as a teacher and a musician.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Karen. And you, Claire, how about you? How, tell us about your love of music and how that led you to, to being in music ministry over all these years at uh, Marie Rose Music Center in Windsor, Ontario. Well,
3: um, when, I, uh, when I was born, my oldest sister was 13 years old. My brother was 11 and my other sister was six. So I... There was a lot of music going on while I was still in the womb. Um, when they would come, when I was born, my sister would pick me up and put me in the buggy next to the piano and practice her scales uh-huh. and arpeggios and everything else. I spent a lot of time alone with my mother in the house while the others were in school. And as a little girl, I used to ask my mom a lot about those women that we used to go visit every month that were. Uh, Dressed in black. My mom had three sisters who were holy neighbors, and my dad had one sister who was also an SNJM. And so uh, she would answer all my questions because she seemed to know everything about nuns with everything that they told her. And she said that they were teachers and they were also, they also had what they called lay nuns who were, did the housework. And so I thought, oh, that's something I watched my mother do housework. That's something I could do. But when I got to grade three and started to take piano lessons from the sisters, I said, ah, that's what I can do. So I guess I decided my vocation was from the time I was a, a little girl. Like you, Karen, I didn't have that much preparation in terms of teaching at the fall of 1983, we moved into Marie Rose Music School. It started off with just piano teachers. And then eventually we had a voice teacher, a violin teacher, and a guitar teacher as well. Uh, And that uh, music school survived for 20 years. Uh, So in 2003, after 20 years, we closed the music school and I moved to Windsor and I, uh, we had developed a program um, that was started back near Ottawa. And we had started this program of music for young children uh, where we would teach in groups. And so uh, that continued when I went, when I moved to Windsor and then I started Uh, teaching there at the convent in Windsor and then the convent was sold and so I moved to a house in South Windsor where there was a neighborhood of a lot of children in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and so um, I was able to continue the group instruction but with a lot of private instruction as well. At, At one point I started to teach a young girl who had been in the music for young children program, and she continued with me after she with private lessons. And uh, her name is Jordan Severin. She uh, trained in as a music for young children teacher. We call it M.Y.C. Music for Young Children, and eventually started her own school when I retired. And she has been doing. She actually taught it better than I did, and now she has developed a new music school studio in LaSalle, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Windsor, and she calls it Marie Rose Music Studio, and so she has uh, more than 12 teachers now. She has developed uh, a clientele of about between 350 to 400 students, and she has uh, piano, uh, guitar, ukulele, voice, um, drums, uh, yeah, percussion, violin as well. She said there are four less, four hundred lessons every week, whereas I had fifty three students at the oh. most. <laughs> she has all that, so, <laughs> and so that's that's what has developed as a result of my retirement.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, uh, Claire and Karen. Sounds like uh,
1: music has been the love of your life from a very young age. Tell us about the history of music in the community. And you've partially answered that, but I want to hear about the piano that came around the Isthmus of Panama, Karen. So tell me that story. Tell us that story. It's just a wonderful story. Um, in
2: 1859, twelve sisters were sent to Oregon, and um, but uh, you know, like all pioneers crossing the Great Plains of the U.S., um, they uh, brought a piano with them. <laughs> um, they uh, sailed out of, um, I, I assume, down the St. Lawrence Seaway and out into the Atlantic Ocean, and stopped in New York City and purchased a piano. And the piano actually went by ship. Um, uh, all the way around, you know, down North America, South America, coming up and um along the West Coast. And um I asked for more information and they have very little information about it. But there isn't an uh, entry in the Chronicles that said the piano arrived today and it's in very good condition. And I just have to think, oh, it couldn't have been in good condition. <laughs> it it, I assume, took a few months. Now, oh, I know they also said, along with the piano, there were um, clothing items and they they all had to be thrown away because they were all mildewed. Well, I think of what that same mildew might do to a piano and who in Oregon would know how to tune or repair a piano, but they were thrilled. Um, and the other thing that I think is... Um, pretty significant is many, many sisters were asked to teach music that wouldn't have necessarily chosen that, um, because it was money making. Even when I first started teaching in the mid 60s, we charged $4 a week for lessons. (laughs) But those $4, you know, kept us going. It really was a financial decision for um, having so many music teachers. And maybe, is this a good time to talk a little bit about the Music Center in Spokane? Yes, yes,
0: Yes, it is, Karen. In Mm -hmm. the
2: early 1980s, I think 81, Fort Wright College closed, and the music department kept going. And Janet Gorman, who was in our community at that time, she was a a wonderful educator and very um, involved in liturgy. And so she was asked to run the school and she had a former student who's a wonderful cello teacher, Monica Valentine, and then they called me. I was just finishing my studies in Boston and asked if I would join them to uh, make a little team to start the music center, and even though I would have loved to stay in Boston, I just loved that city, um, I did come back, and we created the music center. It had a very rocky beginning. We you know, had to just um, hammer out everything, and um, decided we need some funding. Our first fundraiser, we lost $9. That's how complicated (laughs) it would work at fundraising, but um, now it has grown. It's it's, um, grown uh, in small increments, but now we have 35 people on staff and about 250 students, and um, it teach a whole range of music instruments, mostly orchestral instruments, but also guitar, and uh, two or three vocal teachers, too.
0: Wonderful thank you. Great
1: to have the Wonderful. History of the Music thank Center. You. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. Yeah. So how have both of you, each of you, found music transformative in your life and healing for some of the students you've taught or, or yourself? Well, I um, I,
2: I never quite know how to express this, but for me, um, an encounter with beautiful music, whether I'm listening or making music, is an encounter with the divine. Um, I feel strongly about all the arts, great dance, the visual arts. It's the same but emotion <laughs> that I experience um, in prayer. I was watching a video uh, last week of Toby Khan, who is a Jewish artist, a sculptor. And he said a sentence that just leapt out at me. He said, your soul gets healed when you see something beautiful. And I think we can all respond Amen. to that. Amen. Yeah. And as far as influence... I had some not very successful experiences in teaching classroom music, but um, I still have a thank you note that a little pre, a primary school child wrote. And, you know, they had to write thank you notes to their music teacher Dear Sister Karen, thank you for teaching us singing. But then she said, music makes joy to me. Oh, I I just think that is so beautifully expressed. Music makes joy to me. Lovely. (laughs) And I think the other thing about music, too, is most of us grew up uh, just exposed to Eurocentric music. Um, And, you know, the great classical and uh, musicians and composers. But now there's so much more awareness of um, world music. And I just think that opens our vision, it opens our souls to so much more. The music from from the Southern uh, Hemisphere, the music from Asia, India. So
1: that's a huge blessing these days, I think. Music and contemplation of the arts are part of our heritage and part of our mission, because we totally believe in the full development of the human person. And the arts do that. Yeah. The impact of the, you just told us the impact of the music center in Spokane and the music studio in Windsor. I think that has been so powerful, especially the story of the of the woman taking over from you, Claire, yes. and having four hundred students and twelve faculty members, and is just. Um, I I agree with what uh, Karen was saying
3: about. Connecting us with the divine—that certainly is—is uh, is another aspect that I was that I was going to talk about. But you said it so well. And uh, the other thing is uh, the part about healing. Um, there was one time when I was—I uh, really felt overwhelmed with a lot of uh, when I we first opened the music school, and after a few years. I started to feel a certain amount of burnout. And uh, I had a a coach, a piano teacher in in London, which is about two hours away from Windsor. And he said, why don't you just take a room at the university and we can practice for free in the practice rooms. And uh, I had had piano lessons with him. So I asked if I could have a weekly piano lesson. And I went there for a month. And I would practice, oh, five or six hours a day. But I'd come home at noon and I'd for lunch and I would read uh, a self-help book and uh, a spiritual book. and I would process it while I was practicing. And when I came home at the end of that month of daily practice, actually the practice was was my morning prayer and my daily prayer all day it was like being on retreat and I came home refreshed and capable of continuing uh, Mm -hmm. for another year. And I did that two years in a row. And then I had a a two year sabbatical where I just practiced my heart out Mm -hmm. and, and I performed as well. I gave a couple recitals. And then after that, I was ready to continue teaching. I I had reached the point where I wanted to stop Mm -hmm. and, with that two-year sabbatical, I continued for another 20 years. Oh. So it was, <laughs> that was, it was so beneficial hard. to me,
1: really, yes. And they're all oh. your students. Yeah. You, you were healed.
3: Yeah. I was healed. <laughs> and uh, the, you know, the connection with the divine, you had gotten a thank you note from one of your students. Uh, the mother of one of my students. Well, several of the parents sit in on the lessons because they're close by. They're in another part of the room, but they're they're listening all the time. And one mother said to me afterwards, she says, you know, when I come here, I feel as if I've been to church.
2: Oh, that how beautiful. <laughs>
1: Wonderful.
0: I think music is a, a prayer. It's a prayer not only for those that are playing and hearing I also think music and the arts are transforming in our world, and I think they they raise the human spirit. In your local communities, you teach the students. Do you offer uh, programs for the larger community, concerts and recitals and that kind of thing?
2: Well, Holy Names Music Center is uh, advertised as a community music school. So. People wonderful. from all over, including um, some from Montana, and I have a number of students from Idaho. I mean, people come from all over to.
0: That's wonderful.
2: Yeah, right. Recitals and events um, most are open to the public.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And also,
2: uh, the year I retired, by the time I retired from symphony, which was thirteen years ago. 14 of our faculty were members of the Spokane Symphony. So oh my gosh. Uh, that oh. you know that has a um what a credibility um uh factor.
0: It sure does, Karen. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Claire, does you, does the music center there in Windsor offer that kind of
3: thing? Yes, well when I was in Amherstburg, uh when we built the music school in 1983. Uh, we had a large classroom for teaching theory and and solfege and, and ear training and all that. But we also had a stage at the end of the classroom. And that's where we. I always encouraged my students to practice and prepare for recitals. And we had several during the year. And uh, some of them were afraid to play in public. And mm-hmm. they were afraid of playing in a recital. But I told them, you know, when an artist creates a beautiful painting, he or she does not put it in a cupboard, and so we have to display it. And so they would try it, and then they started to gain confidence exactly. when they got this round of applause, and it incur- it increased their self-esteem. They, they learn how to um, work out problems at an early age when they're learning their music, so problem solving.
0: Talk about that full development of the human person of, is, actually, uh, yes.
3: and, that's and what another thing around. too it creates balance in their life because it, music well we're born with a left and right brain so the left brain is the one that's mathematical and the other is the artistic and so music scratches both sides of the brain <laughs> and creates creates balance in the human life
1: Well, this has been very well put. Very well said. And thank you so much, you two, for joining us today for our Holy Names podcast. And I think we have a little treat at the end. We're going to have some music from Karen and maybe some music from Claire. Thank you. I'd like to thank you both, too, for your beautiful ministry
0: over these years.